This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is Good Morning Liberty. Hey there, what's up everybody? My name is Nate and this is the Good Morning Liberty Podcast. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, hit the little subscribe button somewhere on the screen that you are viewing this. You can find a button that says subscribe and all that's going to do is it's going to make sure that our podcast automatically goes to your phone whenever we release a new one, which is every single weekday. Uh, Today, Charlie is not here. If it's your first time listening, there are normally two of us co-hosting this program together. My name is Nate, and Charlie would be the other person. He's gone. He's at a conference in San Diego trying to bring in some more money for the main business that we run out of this office. So uh, he's going to be gone for the next few days, and I'm going to be doing a few little short talks on things that are that are going on. I'm also going to have... A couple liberty-minded candidates, even libertarian candidates, that are running for local offices. We're going to be having them call in so we can talk about how their races are going and what we could maybe do to help them. Some people that we met at the Young Americans for Liberty conference uh, about a, a month or so ago. So I'm pretty pumped about that. Today, I wanted to talk about, I know a lot of you have heard this story already, but I wanted to give my take on this. You know, Obama last week, former President Obama, it came out that he actually is getting an estate, a 29-acre estate on Martha's Vineyard for one of his homes, and it totaled about $15 million. So a lot of people around there are excited about it, and uh, people in the media excited about it if they're on his side of the political ideology aisle. But then people like me are like, wait, hold on a second. You've been saying this whole time that, um, you know, if you've got a lot of money or you've got a business, well, you didn't build that. It, you know, takes a village. Um, that people who have more than others are being selfish and that they should be doing more to, to help those around them. That you can have too much money and that you need to be paying more of your fair share, which means a lot more taxes for those people who have a lot of money. And we have all these people around in the U.S. and around the world, really, that are in need of help right now. We have people, uh, I'll bring up here in a second, we have people on GoFundMe that are trying to raise money for life-saving medical procedures. We have people that can't buy their school lunches at their schools. Uh, we have teachers that need to be making more money. And here we have this guy who's, who's been out preaching for years now, a, a decade now, been out there preaching about how the evil, rich, wealthy 1% are the problem and that we need to make sure that we can tax them more and get that money into the right hands. Now, the first right hands that he's referring to are the hands of the government. So I'll be asking here in a bit, why didn't he just give this money to the government? Because 
obviously, they could have spent the money far better than he's going to, which he, he went and got a nice house. So, which I'm not upset with, but let's listen to what it sounded like when TMZ broke this story. Barack and Michelle Obama may be Kennedy adjacent, and I'm not talking just about a White House connection. We found out they are buying a house in Martha's Vineyard. I shouldn't say house. This is a massive, incredible beachfront estate, 29 acres, that's listed for $14.85 million. They are in escrow right now. It could fall out, there are contingencies, but right now all systems go for the Obamas to move to Martha's Vineyard at least part-time. Now some details on the house. The house actually has seven bedrooms, a chef's kitchen, a private beach. Now if President Obama wants to become Captain Obama, it's also got a boathouse. Okay, so it sounds like it's a pretty nice place. Not exactly living a rough life over there in Martha's Vineyard. Even got a place for his boat if he wants to do that. It's pretty interesting to me, first off, that, you know, we kind of all grow, grew up. Remember watching, like, MTV Cribs or uh, some of those shows where they would go inside the nice the nice houses of some of these rich and famous people? And you you kind of felt like, man, I, I wish I could have a house like that someday. That That... That must be nice. I want to get to that point to where to where I can afford something like that. Um, it's not exactly the mentality anymore when you see that, at least when it comes from people who are in business, I guess. That there's a weird there's a weird separation between people who make their money through companies that they started or people who make their money, uh, I don't know, acting in movies or maybe being a prominent political figure who gets paid a lot of money to speak on different occasions. There's a, a weird separation between how the public views those people. Because if you think about it, the people who are lamented most in our society are not actors or, I don't know, sports stars, people like that. They're people like Jeff Bezos or the CEO of Walmart or the, uh, the CEO of McDonald's, people like that. So there's this weird separation between, I guess, how you made your money and, and who it is or, or what you're doing. And, and Obama now is falling into the category of someone who the public has deemed deserves the money that he has and deserves whatever he can buy with that money. But I'm just going to, I wanted to call out some of the hypocrisy here. And, and Charlie called out a little bit last week when we were talking about the climate change crisis, and a lot of these people who have a lot of money or, or a lot of political clout are out there flying around on their private jets, living in multiple houses, uh, doing all these, still driving around their gas-guzzling SUVs everywhere they go. But then when they arrive at their speaking destinations, they talk about how all of those things are destroying our society. And even one, if you took a second to think about climate change with Obama here. He's definitely on the side of thinking that our climate catastrophe is is within the next decade or two and that sea levels are going to be rising and the coast is going to be gone. And yet he buys a $15 million estate that is a few hundred feet off of the ocean. So I, I would want to know how you can believe both. You, you believe one that we are heading towards impending doom, that the coastlines are going to disappear, everyone who lives on the coast is going to be underwater, and also 
you buy a house right on the ocean for $15 million that I assume he wants to live in for more than the next decade, but hey, who knows? So I went through on our website today, goodmorningliberty.us, if you want to check that out. I went through on our website, and I pinpointed a few places where Obama could have chosen to use this money. And I want to first say, it is not wrong for him to buy this house. It is not wrong for people who have a lot of money to go out and buy a nice house or to buy nice cars or to take lavish vacations, to do anything like that. That's one of the rewards that you receive for being very, very productive and valuable in our society. That's something that people aspire to. It's okay to spend that money on this house. It's not even a waste because whatever money he had to spend, people had to build the house. People had to provide supplies for the people that built the house. People are going to have to take care of the landscaping. He's going to have to have a, a staff living there all the time to take care of the place. So it's not just inherently bad to spend money on a, on a lot of things. If you buy an expensive car, it's not because they had $5,000 in materials on the car and they're able to sell it to you for $100,000. It's because they probably did seventy or $80,000 worth of value and material in the car and work and technology in the car, and so they're selling it to you for a higher price. It's, it's not like it's just a, a false value that, that, that isn't real compared to your Kia that you could have gotten for, for $16,000. So it's not wrong for him to do this before I list off these things. But what is wrong is to spend your whole life talking negatively about people who do this, who buy really nice houses instead of helping other people, who have multiple homes and multi-million dollar estates and make all this money when the people below them are suffering and they're just being selfish and keeping all this for themselves. And then when you get the money, you just go out and do the exact same thing. But what's he going to get paid? To, he still gets paid to go out and speak. And what do you think he's going to go speak about when he leaves this house? and goes to speak in front of a few thousand people. He's going to be talking about the evils of capitalism and the virtues of socialism whenever he goes somewhere. He doesn't call it that, but that is what he's talking about. So he's going to leave his $15 million house. He's going to get in a, in a limo. He's going to go in a, in a crazy nice car and then get on a crazy nice plane, go somewhere and speak to people about how those who have more than others are not paying their fair share and that that's why society is in such bad shape. So I just wanted to point that out, that it's the, it's the hypocrisy here that I'm upset with, not the fact that he has the house. So here's some of the things that he could have done. He could have picked any one of these things. He could have, uh, he could have paid off the student loans for 500 people. I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but the average student loan debt's about $33,000. So he could have paid off student loans for about 500 students. Maybe there's 500 people who are in a really terrible situation, and he decided that this house was more important than those 500 students who are in need of that. He could have paid this year's medical bills for 1,500 people. The average medical expense, the average amount of money spent per person in the United States is about $10,000 per person in the U.S. So he could have gone out and just made sure that no one had the, that, that 1,500 people in the United States didn't have to worry about their medical bills. But he decided that his house was more important than that. 
he could have gone to another country to sponsor some kind of cause. You know, they they do these foundations where you sponsor a child in, in Africa. Um, you guys have seen the, the commercials before for, for things like this. He could have actually sponsored 32,000 children in Africa for the coming year. But he... He knew in his own heart that this $15 million house was more important than that. Uh, he could have helped tens of thousands of more children in Chicago increase their literacy through Chicago's nonprofit, Open Books. He actually could donate $300,000 per year for the rest of his life uh, and, and help them get more books to people who need them and increase the literacy rates in Chicago because they're really bad. I don't know if you guys have seen our public schooling literacy rates, but they're not exactly on the uptrend. So he could have done that. He could have helped thousands of people in Chicago by doing that and therefore helped the the greater good of the society. But he knew what he really wanted was a $15 million house. Uh, he actually could have gone on to GoFundMe.com and he could have fully funded the first six pages of medical search results. If you go on, If you go on GoFundMe, you can filter them for what people are raising money for. And when you click on medical, it it is it, it will really get you because there are a lot of people that are trying to raise money for life-saving procedures. They're trying to pay for their cancer treatments that are really expensive, all kinds of different things. And you can actually, he could have gone through the first six pages of search results on GoFundMe and potentially save the lives of a lot of those people. That would have been about 75 people that he could have fully funded with that money, but he knew that he needed that $15 million house. He could have paid paid off the school lunches. He could have paid for school lunches for 28,000 elementary kids this year. On average, it's about $520 per year for, for your elementary student to uh, pay for their lunch at school. Kind of a weird thing to me, by the way, just sidetrack that... We have all this money that pours into the school system, and you have these public schools where you're supposed to be going to school for free, or your tax money is supposed to be paying for it, and they pick like this weird little thing that's $2 a day, and that's for your kids to have lunch. It's like, uh, oh, no, your taxes cover the hundreds of thousands of dollars in teachers' salaries, but we got to get that 2 bucks from you for your school lunch. We got, we, we've got to get that. So anyway, there's a lot of kids around the country who can't afford their school lunches. And he could have went ahead and fronted the school lunches for 28,000 elementary kids this year. But he really needed that $15 million house on Martha, Martha, Martha's, not Mothra's, that would be way worse, Martha's Vineyard. Uh, he could have, he could have picked 2,500 of our homeless veterans and he could have paid a $500 a month rent for all of them to have a place to live for the entire year of 2020. He, he could have done that. 2,500 homeless veterans, $500 a month to pay for some kind of rent in an apartment. And uh, I mean, come on, guys. He needed that house more than that. He could have built, you know, we had that little conflict in Syria that we shouldn't have been involved in whatsoever. Uh, hundreds of thousands of people uh, either killed or displaced, all kinds of refugees from it. He could have actually taken that money and built 20, let's see, 2,414 new homes in Syria, new places for people to live to replace 
the ones that he approved uh, us bombing. He could have actually could have actually done that, or quite possibly, the most obvious and best use of that money would have been a check for $14.85 million written to the U.S. Treasury. Because after all this is said and done, what he really believes is that the United States government is better at spending money than private individuals. He believes that because he's out talking about that all the time. Because people in the evil rich 1%, well, if you just let them keep their money they'd end up buying a $15 million house on Martha's Vineyard instead of helping other people. So you must make sure that we raise taxes and get the money into the right hands, which is the hands of the United States government. He could have sent that check to them and helped far more people if that's actually what he believed it was going to do. But he really, really needed another house. This one cost him $15 million on Martha's Vineyard. So... You guys get the point there. That's 10 things that he could have done with that money. And I'm not saying that he should have done that with all of that money because I don't think it's a bad thing to go out and buy a nice house if you've earned the money to go out and buy a nice house. That's one of the reasons that you go out and become really productive. Now, you can make the argument that has he morally made all of that money? Eh, I don't know. Probably made a couple million dollars in his salary while he was president. Um, now he's out there with book deals and speaking engagements, speaking, by the way, about how the money would be better spent by the U.S. government than private wealthy individuals. And so that's how he's getting all of this money to buy these houses. So I don't know that it's exactly a moral way to earn all of that money. But what what is it? What is it that makes people like this different from someone like... Doug McMillan, who is the CEO of Walmart, who makes $22 million a year. Because there seems to be a a really big difference in the way that they're treated, not just by the media, but, but by public in general. I mean, think about which one you're more likely to have a negative feeling for. Are you going to have a really, really negative feeling for Leonardo DiCaprio and, and whether or not he's a good person? Are you going to have a negative feeling about the CEO of Walmart? Which one? Because the CEO of Walmart, he's got he's actually given jobs to 2.2 million people right now. How many jobs do you think DiCaprio is providing for people? Sure, a lot of people work on a movie when he's working on a movie. He's probably got staff at his house or houses. Uh, he got people that drive him around all the time. Sure, yeah. But is it 2.2 million people? No. No, it's not that many at all. Yet Leonardo DiCaprio last year in 2018 made more money than the CEO of Walmart and the CEO of McDonald's combined. But we're taught to hate the CEO of Walmart. It might not be combined. I think it's equal. I think DiCaprio made $40 million and the CEO of Walmart and McDonald's are right around $40 million. So right around an equal amount. But why is it that we would have more negative feelings about the CEO of Walmart? He's out there providing jobs for people. He's making sure that the company stays in business so a lot of people can bring bring home some money and feed their families. What's Leonardo DiCaprio doing? What are these people in Hollywood doing? You know, um, last year, 2018, George Clooney made $236 million. $236 million in 2018. 
that's 10 times more money than the CEO of Walmart. Which one of those people do you have more negative feelings about? Which, which one? Do you, if you were to take a poll of society, which one of those two people do you think would have a more negative image? Well, probably the CEO of Walmart for being so greedy and making so much money. Yet, I mean, George Clooney made 10 times more than he did. Look at some of these people that are on tour, some of these big stars that are on tour. Taylor Swift is out there talking. She was actually pushing the Democratic candidate for governor. Uh, she was at a show here in Nashville. She was promoting the Democratic candidate for governor in Tennessee. And then you take a look at the amount of money that she makes at a show. It's in the millions. Look at the ticket prices. Hundreds of dollars for the tickets. Playing at a sold-out stadium. Probably got 50,000, 60,000 people at the stadium. And she's taking in millions of dollars. How much money do you think the stagehands got paid at the show? There was a two-hour show. Taylor Swift makes, say, a million dollars in the two hours. What do you think the stagehands are getting paid per hour? Honestly, even if you were being extremely generous, extremely generous, like very generous, you could say that they're making like 40 bucks an hour. Maybe it's 50. I don't know. 40, 50 bucks an hour. Hey, she's still making 25,000 times more per hour than they are. Yet we see memes going around on Facebook about how the CEO of Walmart makes 800 times more money than his average employee. So what is it about this difference between the two people? I, I've had some of these conversations with people online before, and their response would be, well, well, no one else can be George Clooney. No one else can be Taylor Swift. You know, you can't just walk up there as if anyone can just walk up and be the CEO of Walmart, by the way. That's a massive company with like 20,000 locations and millions of employees. And we've got this weird, this, this weird vision that, they, that the CEOs don't do anything. I mean, my, my wife works close to the CFO of a really big company. And that guy was working 80 hours a week, every week stressed out like crazy, working on the weekends all the time. But we have this kind of idea that, oh, if you make it to the C level or the O level of a company, then you just really don't do anything. You don't do anything at all. Some stuff comes across your desk and you sign it and then you go play golf. You probably have a cigar and you're wearing khaki pants with a white polo shirt, more than likely nice sunglasses, all those kinds. You know, you basically look like Leonardo DiCaprio and Wolf of Wall Street, more than likely. So we have this image that CEOs don't do anything. That's that's not the case at all. It's it's very, very difficult to be CEO. It's so difficult that I wouldn't even know how to explain it because I don't even grasp all the things. You imagine 20,000 locations. When you make a decision about something in your office, can you imagine the work that it takes to get that decision implemented across millions of employees? Just millions. It would be... I mean, it's tough. And then if you made a wrong call, you made a really bad call, and you have a company that's taken in $520 billion in revenue, and you make a bad call, and it, it changes the revenue by 10%, I mean, you're talking $50 billion that could be lost because you made a really bad decision on something. And you think it's wrong that they get paid $20 million to do that job? It doesn't make any sense. 
Of course people can be Taylor Swift or people can be George Clooney. Because when those people are gone, there's just going to be more pop stars and more famous actors. You know, I, I know that you can't just have someone walk into the set of Ocean's Eleven and fill George Clooney's spot. But there's other movies that you could go see. There are other famous actors. There are not a whole lot of other Walmart choices. There, there really are not. And if that company goes down, millions of people lose their jobs. And a lot of people lose what is the cheapest option to buy all of your goods on a daily basis. If I hit some kind of bad time where I'm low on money, I switch to shopping at Walmart. Because, yeah, you can get stuff for a lot cheaper there. It's, it's, it's an important place to still have. So what is it with this thing in our society where we we don't see it as immoral for Taylor Swift to make 20,000 times more than her average stagehand, but we see it as immoral for the CEO of Walmart to make 800 times more than the average employee. What happened? What what happened there? How how did this happen? You guys can actually, uh, maybe if you got any ideas on this, because I've been a little perplexed on it for a while, um, you guys can send me an email. It's nate at goodmorningliberty.us if you want to. Now, some people actually do put their money where their mouth is, kind of. So we have this thing going on in the Amazon, the Amazon rainforest, world's largest rainforest, where you will see things like the Amazon is burning, right? Well, this year so far, there's been about 32,000 more fires reported than the previous year. Now, I will go ahead and point off right off the bat here that in this story, when we're talking about, let's see, what is the place that is mentioning that? The, the, uh, yeah, the, uh, the place that's gathering the information for how many fires there are every year, they started gathering information in 2013. 2013. So, that's not exactly the most amount of data that you could have. That is the National Institute for Space Research. It's the INPE. I don't know how that works for that. But anyway, they started gathering this information on how many fires there were. Uh, let's see. Highest number since records began in 2013. Now, we can make a news story off of this and say that this is the highest amount of fires that have ever been recorded. And then... People are going to hear that, and they're going to be like, oh, my God, things are getting so worse, so much worse. Climate change, global warming, the earth, the earth is cooking. We keep going up in temperature, and look, all these wildfires are happening. It's the most amount of wildfires we've ever had. But then they never actually click on the article where it says, since records began in 2013. That's not a very long time to be taking records. And even if we had records, we've talked about this last week and the week before on the podcast, even if we had records going back to the 1800s, it's like nothing in comparison to the amount of time that the earth has been here. I'm not saying that the Amazon being on fire or all these wildfires are a good thing or something that we shouldn't do anything to fight or we shouldn't all get together and help fight these fires. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that you have to be mindful of this, this kind of doomsday rhetoric where they say that this is the worst ever on record, and then you look and the records have been kept for seven years so far, six years so far. Uh, that's, that's not very good. Or even if you look at our temperature statistics and they say worst ever on record, and you see, well, we've been keeping statistics for 140 years. Uh, that's nothing in relation to the amount of time that the earth has been here. 
So if you say we have a trend upwards of one degree in the last 140 years, you can't make a long-term trend off of 140 years on a planet that's probably been here for 4.54 billion years. Try to draw out draw out like a little time scale on a piece of paper in front of you. And that time scale represents 4.54 billion years. Now try to mark, make a little mark at 140 years ago on that time scale. It wouldn't even it wouldn't even be enough time to get off of that little hash mark on the right side from now. You wouldn't even be able to see it. It's not even a measurement. It's it's laughable that that's considered some type of a long-term trend over the amount of time that we've been here. Anyway, off of that side tangent. So Leonardo DiCaprio has announced today or it has came out today that he is starting a fund and putting $5 million into it along with a couple other people. Uh, We'll get to who those couple other people are here in a minute, but he's putting $5 million into a fund to try and help combat these wildfires in the Amazon. That's, That's great. That's a really good thing. I think it's an amazing thing that he's doing that. He's been very outspoken about climate change, about global warming. He's always out there talking about it. And it's good to see someone like him go out there and put several million dollars, you know, put his money where his mouth is all the time. Now, I will say, if it is as big of a problem as he says it is, then this is not very much money. And I don't mean to say, I'm saying that from a position of, I can't really donate to causes like this. But someone like Leonardo DiCaprio, who is saying that climate change is going to start to destroy our earth, well, it's doing it now, and then in 10 years, it'll be too late and we're all going to die. You would think that he would take more than $5 million and put it into that. The reason I would say more than $5 million is because in 2018, he made $40 million off of movies, just in 2018 alone. But he, he took he took $5 million from that. That's that's not very much in relation, what is that, about 12%, something like that, of his income to combat something that he says is going to destroy the earth. And he took 12% of his income, income that, I mean, you know he didn't actually need, I doubt he had bills that were due and he finally got that $40 million check from the movie and he, he was able to pay his mortgage. I don't think that's what we're dealing with here. He probably could have gone 2018 and taken all the money that he made in 2018 and donated it to climate change causes and still lived the same life that he's living right now. But he is making the decision that he would rather have that other $35 million to do things that he really cares about. Which one do you think he cares about more? $5 million towards climate change or $35 million more million to put into his bank account to do stuff that he likes doing? So which one do you think he really thinks is a bigger deal? Now, this fund that they're putting together, this $5 million fund, it was also, he was only one of three people, I believe, that are, that are putting together this fund. And the other people that are involved in it. It's a guy named Brian Sheath. So Brian Sheath or Sheath, I don't know. I'll say Sheath. Sounds better. Brian, you should you should leave your last name 
the way it is, but make sure everyone pronounce it as sheath and not sheath. I don't know. So anyway, he is the co-founder and president of Vista Equity Partners. So he's got a pretty big software company. It's actually the the fourth biggest. You got a couple like Microsoft and Oracle that are that are above him. And then he also uh, worked with Bain Capital for several several years, leveraging buyouts of different technology companies. So this is interesting because Bain Capital, well, that was really, uh, that was started or, or ran by who? Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney was, was the guy from Bain Capital. And Bain Capital was demonized in the, what election cycle was that? 2012 election cycle. Bain Capital was demonized for all of these business deals that they had made and closing down different businesses. And, and then we're led to believe that all these companies are just evil, these terrible, no good capitalist com- companies that make hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars. And yet here's a guy that worked for Bain Capital, started another software company as well, Vista Equity Partners, who's teaming up with Leonardo DiCaprio to put some money into this fund to help combat the Amazon wildfires. Who's the other person? Well, that is Laureen Powell Jobs. Now, when I saw that last name Jobs, who are you thinking of? Who are you thinking of last name Jobs immediately? Probably Steve Jobs from Apple, but you would be surprised to find out. No, just kidding. It actually is the widow of Steve Jobs. So she's worth several, several billion dollars. And I'm not saying it's all because of Apple or all because of Steve Jobs. I'm sure she has worked on her own projects as well. So she's the founder of Emerson Collective, which is a social impact organization. But let's be realistic. Where do you think the bulk of her money comes from? Probably because her husband was Steve Jobs, the guy who founded Apple and who changed the entire world for the rest of our lives, creating an evil, evil 1% capitalistic company that just steals money from individuals and keeps it for themselves. But yet here we go with people who are teaming up to fight the Amazon wildfires. And you have Leonardo DiCaprio, you have Laureen Powell Jobs, and you have Brian Sheath. Now, why is it that I that I assume that if you were to look at the business doings of those three separate people, that people would have less negative feelings about Leonardo DiCaprio than they would about these other two people? Yet, they're kicking in as much, if not more, because they're both worth more than Leonardo DiCaprio, as much, if not more, than he is. And they're combating the Amazon wildfire. So... It is interesting to see DiCaprio out there fighting fires, putting his money where his mouth is, although he probably could have put a lot more if it really was as important as he thought it was. And we see him teaming up with these other evil, evil business people. So what I wanted to leave you with today is to just contemplate on this this ideology that people in our society who have created businesses that went out there and produced products or services that people deemed valuable enough for them to go out and buy from them. And then they made a profit from that and they have enriched themselves, but now they're out there doing these philanthropic philanthropic ideas as well. So contemplate why, just kind of think on why it is 
that we see them so differently in our society? Why is it that Taylor Swift can make 25,000 times more than the average people working on her stage and everyone's completely okay with that? You know, everyone thinks that she's amazing and this nice, generous person who does all these nice things on the side, which she is. She does a lot of great things on the side. But the reality is she's out there making 20, 25,000 times more than the average people when she does a show, charging people hundreds of dollars just to look at her for an hour or two, and they're freely paying it, so there's nothing wrong with that. But then we see people like the CEO of Walmart or the Walton family, the people who actually started Walmart, and we see them as evil, where Taylor Swift, maybe on a daily, you know, throughout the average of a year, how many people do you think she keeps employed on average throughout a year? Probably a few dozen, I would say. People on stage when she does a tour, and then if she's going around doing different different engagements, she's got some people working around her all the time. Probably a few dozen, maybe 50 people. Maybe it's 50 people on average stay employed all year because of Taylor, Taylor Swift. And that's great. Good for her. But then we have someone like the CEO of Walmart who's got 2.2 million people employed. People who might not be able to find a job anywhere else. You know, not to mention Walmart is on an insanely razor thin, small net profit margin. Very small. It's about 2% profit margin that they make at the end of the year. That's how small it is. What do you think Taylor Swift's profit margin is on her shows? At the end of the day, at the end of the year, when taking into account the amount of hours she put into performances and recording, what do you think the profit margin is on that on that amount of time she put in? You think it's two percent? Probably, probably not. Probably not at all. But then we have this company over here that employs over two million people, and we're led to believe that they're somehow evil when they're employing that many people, keeping that many people off of unemployment giving them a way to provide for their families, hiring people that might otherwise not have been able to get a job anywhere else. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's good to see DiCaprio doing this. It's good to see people practice what they're preaching. That is not what Obama is doing. He is doing the exact opposite. He is going out, talking about the evil, wealthy, rich, no good, one percenters that have more money than everyone else, that are keeping the poor people down, that are making it hard for you to get through your daily life. They're spending money on all these lavish things, and we need to take their money from them, put it into the hands of the United States government so it can finally go to work. And then after he gets done telling you that, he goes back to his $15 million mansion in Martha's Vineyard. That's hypocrisy right there. So, Guys, if you like this show, share it with your friends or with your family. That is the best thing you can do for us. This show's growing really quick. We've been really excited to see how fast it's growing. All kinds of new listeners week after week, and we could not thank you enough. Leave us a rating and review. That is the next best thing you could do because the more ratings and reviews we have on the podcast app that you're using, the more relevant the algorithms for that podcast app will find our show. That's not our doing. That's just the way that they do it. They'll see it as a more legit show. So uh, go to our Instagram and follow us. It is at Good Morning Liberty. Go to our Twitter at Good AM Liberty. Look us up on Facebook, Good Morning Liberty, or go to goodmorningliberty.us and see some more articles like the one I released today on the 10 ways that Obama could have helped other people. If you guys do all of those things, we will be right back here tomorrow. Until then, have a good day 
and a good morning, Liberty.